Thanks for listening to the Bellevue Christian Church podcast. We're a church in Bellevue, Pennsylvania, where ordinary people are learning to live everyday life like Jesus. We believe that one way to learn that life is by engaging with an ancient but active collection of books called the Bible every single week. Hey, I'm lead pastor Austin Gone at Bellevue Christian Church, and I just want to welcome you to Sunday at Home. It's our last Sunday of the year, and we just call it Sunday at Home just as a way to let our staff and our volunteers uh, just rest and renew themselves uh, and have a week off before coming back in January with all that we have going on. So I hope that you enjoy Sunday at Home. We like to keep this short, so there's no music, there's no meet and greet, although you're free to do that at home if you want to, um, but we encourage you to spend time and worship and prayer on your own or with your family or with your spouse or friends or roommates or whoever you're watching this with. And you can even partake in communion if you want as well. Before we get into the message, I just want to remind you about a few things, uh, one related to generosity and then also talk about some amazing things coming up in January. First of all, if you want to give to our church this week, you can still do that. Um, obviously, we don't have any giving boxes in your home, but you can give online at bellevuechristian.church give. You can see all the different ways to give there. You can mail it into our church at 680 Lincoln Avenue, uh, or you can text 84321 to give via text as well, which is a really convenient way to do that. This is also the last day, Sunday, December 31st, is the last day of our year-end generosity campaign for 2023. We are thankful to those of you who have already given to this, and we know that there are some of you who haven't had a chance to do that yet. This is the last day to do that, um, as give us confidence as we're headed into next year. So you can find out all about there all about that, see a letter that I wrote at bellevuechristian.church slash year end. And right there, there's a button to give online. Just make sure you select year end generosity campaign 2023 from the drop down to do that. I want to tell you about some of the amazing things coming up in January. We have a packed January at our church, starting with a new teaching series on January 7th called Everyday Faith. It's a part of our multi-year series that we're calling our Everyday Institute Teaching Series. Uh, and in this one, we're going to be talking about five big questions that everybody has to answer. And what does it look like to answer them biblically? What does it really look like, the Christian faith at its most basic? January 14th, we're going to be launching our new season of groups. Normally, we don't launch groups until... Uh, late February or March, but people want to keep them going. And so we decided to do that this year. So instead of following along with our series, our groups are going to be spending six weeks either going through a book or a video teaching series together. And you can find out all about that at bellevuechristian.church slash groups. You're going to be hearing more about that in the coming weeks, but sign up now so that your leader can reach out to you. January 21st, we're going to have our next run of Everyday Habits, a course that we recommend that everybody takes at some point. It's all about the five habits that help you close the gap between the life you're living in the life that you're made for. It's okay if you can't attend every week, but if you make it to the first week, you get a workbook to go with it. January 26th is something that we've been really looking forward to. We're having a serve team party from 6 to 8.30 p.m. at the Pinball Dojo in Bellevue. Unlimited pinball. There's going to be food. There's going to be a lot of fun. And so we hope to see you there. Uh, be sure to sign up if you're a volunteer online. All of this is at bellevuechristian.church events. And then finally, on January 20. 
28th, we're going to have Vision Sunday 2024, where we get to share what's on our heart, where we feel like God is leading us this year, and the big theme uh, that we feel like God is nudging us toward. And so everybody's invited to that. It's going to be on Sunday morning during church. But if you are a member at our church, uh, we will be asking you to vote on our budget and on a new council member as well on January 14th, about two weeks earlier, with a backup Sunday on January 21st. So with that said... We're ready to have Sunday at home. And what we, what we share at Sunday at home isn't really part of any particular teaching series, but I just see it as an opportunity to share from a psalm that God has been speaking to me through this year and that might speak to you as well. And so I encourage you to find a Bible and follow along. Open up your Bible app on your phone and open up to Psalm 114. If you're not sure how to find the book of Psalms, what I recommend is that you just go to the middle of your Bible. So just go right to the middle. Psalms is sandwiched right in the middle of your Bible. And so I want to read through Psalm 114 as we get started today. The writer says this, When Israel came out of Egypt, the house of Jacob from a people who spoke a foreign language, Judah became his sanctuary, Israel his dominion. The sea looked and fled, the Jordan turned back, the mountains skipped like rams, the hills like lambs. Why was it sea that you fled? Jordan that you turned back, mountains that you skipped like rams, hills like lambs. Tremble earth at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob, who turned the rock into a pool and the flint into a spring. I want to start, before we jump back into what that psalm is all about, I want to start by sharing a little bit uh, of a story uh, of the summer that I graduated from college. I was 22 years old. I've talked about this in sermons before, but 12 friends and I bought a 15-passenger van for about $1,300, and we drove it across the country. And one of the final stops on the trip was Yellowstone National Park, right at the edge of Wyoming, where the buffalo roam free, and tourists regularly make very dumb decisions that often turn them into viral stories. I was about this close, or maybe this close, to being one of those stories. Um, We had spent the night packed like sardines in a huge tent that wasn't big enough for 12 college guys. We saw a bunch of the famous sites in Yellowstone, like Old Faithful, uh, Lower Falls, Yellowstone Canyon, Dragon's Mouth Spring. And for most of the guys, this was like their first time there. But for me, I'd already been there a couple times in my life as somebody who grew up on the West Coast and our family would take vacations to Montana and sometimes we'd sink through Yellowstone. So I kind of thought of myself as a bit of an expert as a local guide. But at the same time, I was about to get married that summer, and so I was kind of low risk on a lot of my adventures, and so I was taking it easy. Some of my groomsmen were on the trip, and they were just reminding me, hey, you're about to get married, so don't do anything dumb. But at one point, my risk-taking nature got the best of me. And we're hiking on this like wooden you know, path uh, through and toward one of these unbelievable sites in Yellowstone. And we look ahead of us, we round a corner, and there's a buffalo standing on the path. And he's not completely on the path. He's eating some grass off the edge of the path or something. And his hindquarters are standing on the path, on the edge of the sidewalk. And so we decide to see if we can sneak past it. And I, I ultimately volunteered as tribute in this moment. And so a couple things to keep in mind is that a buffalo weighs between like 1,200 and 2,000 pounds, as anybody who ever played Oregon Trail on floppy disk knows. And I weighed about 160 pounds in college. And there's stories every year of somebody like me, a tourist that got too close to one of these. And I'm a 20-something though. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm not going to be the one who gets gored by a buffalo. I'm 20. I have forever to live. This isn't going to happen. So I approach carefully. 
My friends are watching me from one side. There's another tourist group on the other side of the path, on the other side of the buffalo, watching as well. And I take one step, the buffalo doesn't move. I take another step, the buffalo doesn't move. I take another step, the buffalo doesn't move. And I get within a couple of feet of this buffalo. My heart is racing. I'm preparing to take the next step um, right around its hindquarters. And I finally decide to go for it. And I flinch just a little bit, just that first step. And that flinch is enough for the buffalo to snort what was probably not that loud, but to me sounded very loud. And I screamed like a child and ran back to my friends and we decided to wait out the buffalo until he was ready to move at his own uh, insistence rather than us trying to sneak past this buffalo. And that's a moment in my life that I think of when I think of moments in my life where there's an obstacle in my path that I was not sure how to get around. In this case, a very literal obstacle. But what I want to talk to you about and what I believe this psalm speaks into is the fact that all of us, you will encounter unexpected obstacles in your life as you begin to move toward where God is leading you. If you are doing anything worthwhile in your life, you are going to encounter unexpected obstacles in the path. It might not be covering the full path, you might see a way around it, but all of us have different approaches when we have these obstacles in our path. There's some of us, kind of like me in that story, that try to sneak past the obstacle, try to find a way around it. Maybe with some good strategizing and thinking, we can find a way to conquer this obstacle. And then at the last second, maybe we realize how big it is and we chicken out and we run away scared or we get gored by it or whatever it is. I just read this book called The Obstacle is the Way, which is a really excellent book on rethinking obstacles in our lives. And there's lots of good advice. But the main idea of the book was essentially like, yep, every obstacle, just have a good plan, different perspective, and you can get past it. Just some ancient stoicism made modern. Others of us, though, when we see an obstacle in our path, that's all we can see. We see the obstacle and we can't see the destination anymore. We can't see the vision. We can't see where we feel like we're supposed to go. And so we just turn around and we go back to the lives we knew. You know, we see the obstacle and we think to ourselves like, you know what, I didn't really care about the destination anyway. I can just look up a picture on Google and see it sometime. You know what, let's just go back to the car and go home. I'm sure that it's not that great anyways. And so some of us try to get around the obstacles. Some of us are try to power through them. Some of us run away from the obstacles in our life. But in Psalm 114, we get an alternative, a different way of thinking about obstacles that are between where you've been and where you sense God leading you in your life. So for some context, in Psalm 114, the poet or the songwriter who's writing this psalm is looking back on the experience of Israel. He calls them the house of Jacob, which is another name for Israel. The experience of them being set free from slavery in Egypt and uh, then onto a journey toward flourishing life in the promised land. It's a story that's told in Exodus through the book of Joshua and the first couple books of the Bible. And it's, he's recounting the path that they took and some of the obstacles that look insurmountable that were in the way and ultimately how the Lord led them through each of those obstacles and how he's reviewing that in song a song that everybody was meant to sing and to remember what God had done and so with this psalm in mind I want to invite you no matter what obstacles you're facing where God is leading you I want to invite you to reflect on three questions on your own with your roommates with a friend as a couple or family as we prepare to start the new year first question is this where do you sense the Lord leading you this year Where do you sense the Lord leading you this year? Uh, God is leading you somewhere, but you have to start by naming it. 
And often it's out of one thing and into something else. You know, for Israel, it was out of slavery in Egypt and it was into the land flowing with milk and honey, the promised land, Israel. And there was a decades-long journey in between where they were coming from and where God was taking them. But the question for you is, what destination is God taking you toward? Maybe recently in a sermon you heard something that convicted you. Maybe part of our Making Room series or part of our This Is Jesus series. God spoke to you about something that he wants to lead you toward and you feel like God has that in mind for you. Or maybe you've been reading the Bible lately and God is speaking to you about something in there that you're supposed to move toward. Maybe he's speaking to you through friends in your everyday group that are challenging you to move toward God's vision for your life. Or maybe even in your heart you're just sensing a nudge in a certain direction next year. Maybe it's out of one thing and into something else. Maybe God is leading your marriage out of an unhealthy season and into a new season where you're committed to God's vision for your marriage, where you bring back uh, what was there at the beginning of your marriage. Maybe God is leading you out of an addiction uh, to pornography, drugs, alcohol, work, something else, and into a life of freedom and flourishing. Maybe God is leading you out of financial debt and into better habits with your finances moving forward. Maybe God is leading you out of an unhealthy relationship with someone that you're dating and into a life of healthy singleness, even if it means you don't have a new relationship on the horizon. Maybe God's leading you toward a new sense of calling or job that might involve leaving your current job and starting something new. Maybe God's leading you toward being a better mom or dad. Um, that might involve uh, breaking generational cycles of parenting in your family. Maybe God is leading you out of a particular sin and toward holiness or out of a certain belief system and into Christian faith. Maybe God's just leading you toward better emotional health. What is God leading you toward in this season? What is the Egypt that he's taking you out of? And what is the promised land for you in this season of your life? What is God leading you toward right now? The second question is this, is what obstacles do you feel like are in the way? Like I just said, there's often a long journey from one place to the other. Sometimes it's decades long. And if it's a journey worth taking, what you have to understand is there are going to be obstacles in the way. Every journey worth taking, there are obstacles in the way. And God is not surprised by obstacles. We might be surprised, but God is not surprised by the obstacles in between where we were and where God is taking us to. There's a literary device that I love called the Hero's Journey talked about it before and it's basically a way of making sense of the greatest stories ever told you know from ancient stories to modern stories like Lord of the Rings or Hunger Games or Star Wars but basically as part of the hero's journey there's always problems and challenges and obstacles that show up in the hero's path internal obstacles and external obstacles internal obstacles about beliefs and emotions that they're feeling and then external obstacles that are in their way and if it wasn't for those tensions you wouldn't have a story worth telling. It's those tensions that make the story worth telling. It's the hero overcoming those challenges. And the same is true in Israel. The same is true in our lives. In Israel, there were, some, there were a few obstacles in their way as they're trying to leave Egypt. There was a, the external obstacle of a hard-hearted pharaoh who didn't want to lose his slaves. There's an obstacle of a sea in front of them and pharaoh's army behind them. There's an obstacle of a wilderness and not being able to find food. Later, there's the obstacle of the Jordan River right as they're about to cross into the land. And all throughout, there's the obstacle of false nostalgia and comfort for their old way of life and what they knew. But as you're journeying toward what you sense God leading toward, you toward in the next year, you're going to have your own obstacles as well, internal and external. And you're going to have to name them if you're going to be able to go through them. Maybe it's discouragement. 
from your current family and friends who don't see the need for you to move toward where God is leading you. Or maybe it's a particular person who's in the way. Maybe it's the fear of not having enough of what you need or a fear of uh, your financial situation. Maybe it's a sense of shame for what you've done in the past and you just hear that whisper of shame in your life and you say, you aren't worthy of this. You'll never get there. Maybe it's not knowing where to start. Like you, you see where you want to go, but you just don't know what the first step is and you feel like you're all alone on the journey. Maybe it's simply chemical and you just don't think it can be broken in your, in your brain. Maybe it's just the fear of what other people will think or the fear of failure. And behind every obstacle though, evil is at work trying to keep you from making progress toward God's vision for your life. And there's obstacles that you can't even see coming yet. But what are the obstacles that you see between you and where you feel like God leading you next? And here's the third question. And maybe it's a question you don't see coming. The third question is this, is will you tremble at the presence of the Lord? Will you tremble at the presence of the Lord? Where is God leading you? What obstacles are in your path? And will you tremble at the presence of the Lord? Once you've named the obstacles, one of two things is going to happen. You're either going to tremble at the obstacle, in the presence of the obstacle in the path, or you will tremble at the presence of the Lord. Notice what the psalm writer says in Psalm 114 in the second half. He says, Why was it sea that you fled? Jordan that you turned back? Mountains that you skipped like ramps? Hills like lambs? And then what does he say? Tremble, earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob, who turned the rock into a pool and the flint into a spring. Psalm 114, 5 through 8. What does he say? Why did these obstacles move out of the way? It's not because they had careful planning and good leadership, although there's room for that. Why did these move out, move out of the way? He's, what does he point to? He points to the presence of God. It was the presence of God that made a path through the sea. I love the way the writer of Psalm 77 says it. He says, your way went through the sea and your path through the vast water. And then what does he say? But your footprints were unseen. Every time I come across that in the Bible, I just circle it, I underline it. I can't help but notice it because I love that verse, Psalm 71, or Psalm 77, verse 19. God leads a path through every obstacle. You can't see his footsteps, but he's leading you in a path through every obstacle. The same is true again. What was true for Israel is true for you. God is leading you toward a destination, and God can make a way through every obstacle. If you're going to move through those obstacles, of course there's room for strategizing. There's room for for making plans, but that's not where it starts. It starts with trembling before the presence of the Lord. It starts with realizing that God's presence is greater than any obstacle in your path. You will either tremble at the presence of the obstacle or you will tremble at the presence of the Lord. Trembling is what the Bible frequently calls in other places the fear of the Lord, which isn't being afraid of God. It's just being aware of the bigness of God. Uh, Eugene Peterson says, fear of the Lord is like a stock biblical phrase for the, way that the, for the way of life that is lived responsively and appropriately before who God is, who He is as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But often what can happen is instead of living with fear of the Lord, we live with fear of the obstacle in our life. A classic illustration of this is like this piece of paper. You know, if I hold up this piece of paper and I ask you, what do you see? Most people are going to say, I see a black dot. Because that's often what happens in our lives. All we can see is what's wrong. All we can see is the obstacle. And what we miss, though, is that that tiny black dot is just a tiny piece of a whole piece of paper. 
The same happens with obstacles in our life. So often we get fixated on the obstacle instead of fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, instead of fixing our eyes on God, the Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth, the one who is all-powerful, the one who can do anything. Instead of fixing our eyes on him, we fix our eyes on the dot. We fix our eyes on the obstacle that is in the way instead of fixing our eyes on the presence of God. And so the way that we do that, the way that we switch, Eugene Peterson says, is that it's through worship and prayer and reading the Bible. Because when we do those things, we are laying ourselves down before God. We are realizing who He is and what He's capable of. We are putting all of these obstacles in perspective. When we worship God, we're getting a bigger vision of who He is and what He's capable of. The kind of vision that makes us fall to our knees before Him and not before the obstacle. You're going to tremble at the obstacle, or you're going to tremble at the presence of God. You will encounter obstacles in your life. You encounter them this year, you're going to encounter them next year. But here's what I want you to know today from Psalm 114. God's presence is the path through every obstacle. God's presence is the path through every obstacle. You're going to face obstacles this year as you head toward God's vision for your life. But those aren't evidence you're going the wrong way. They're often evidence that you're going the right way. And what you can do is you can name them. But then instead of trembling before them, set them next to the presence of God in worship and prayer and reading your Bible and let Him take care of the rest. The Gospel is proof of that. In the Gospel, we're reminded that Jesus lived and then He died. And He was sealed in a tomb. And two Roman soldiers were put standing guard to that tomb. But then Peter says in Acts chapter 2 that death could not hold him down, but God raised him from the dead. Why? Because God's presence is the path through every obstacle. And what Jesus has done is when God raised him from the dead, through faith in him, we have access to life in a kingdom where every obstacle can be overcome in and through what God has done. Even if not in this life, In the next, there's no obstacle that can separate us from God's vision for our lives. God's presence is the path through every obstacle. My prayer is that by this time next year, some of you have your own psalm, your own song, your own prayer full of details about the obstacles that you faced on your way toward God's vision for your life. And as you leaned into God's presence, you saw God show you a way through. And it's a testimony to the work of God in your life. That's my prayer for us as a whole church. That as we move and march toward God's vision for our church this year, as we'll share about later in January, that no matter what obstacles we face, we find that God's presence is the path. Let me pray for you. God, I just pray for those who are listening today. I pray that those who, who can only see the obstacle in their path that they would have a bigger vision of you. Jesus, I pray, like Paul says in Ephesians, that they would have a revelation of who you are, that you are all-powerful, that there is no obstacle too great for you. So God, right now, I just pray that we would name and hold before you those obstacles that are in our lives, preventing us from moving toward where where we feel like you're, you're leading us toward. Help us to, as Peter says, to cast our anxieties on you because you care for us and to believe that you have a path forward. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.
Thanks for joining us at Sunday at Home. We can't wait to see you on Sunday, January 7th at 10 a.m. as we begin our new teaching series, Everyday Faith. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe to this podcast for a new teaching from us every single week.